Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery, from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories, and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts, or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. wonderful to see you. We're hard at work on a fourth season of Breeding Bug Adventures, and because of you, our podcast has continued to grow and grow. I hope you're as excited as I am to visit some amazing new places together starting again this fall. While we wait, though, we're going to periodically post new bonus author interview episodes, like this one. We frequently have authors of all kinds visit our store and our local schools, and when we do, we'd love to give you a chance to meet them, too. So, while these episodes may not be as action-packed as some of our adventures, they are a great opportunity to meet some of the authors who inspire our adventures and to learn all about their books and how they write. On this episode, we have a very special treat. Author and science expert Jack Challoner came by for another visit to teach us about some brand new science experiments from his new book, STEM Lab. The author of 45 books on science and science experiments, many of them for kids, Jack always delivers incredible facts and interesting experiments when he visits us. Reader, are you ready to hear from Jack Challoner? Then what are we waiting for? Let's fly to our bookstore together. It's time for a Reading Bug Adventures author visit. from my maker box. It just went flying. Sorry, Lauren. What? Reading Pug? What are you doing with all those colorful rubber bands over there? You almost hit me with that one. Sorry, Lauren. I'll definitely be more careful. Oh, look. I see you have some popsicle sticks, too. Are you making a new invention? Not exactly, Lauren. I'm following the instructions for a super cool experiment. I'm creating a harmonica out of popsicle sticks and rubber bands from Jack Challoner's new book, STEM Lab. Do you love Jack's books as much as I do, Reading Bug? They're full of great experiments and projects for every age. I remember last time he visited, we did some fun outdoor experiments from Maker Lab Outdoors. Of course I remember. And you can still view those experiments on our YouTube channel or at thereadingbug.com slash authors. Oh yeah, that's right. Reading Bug, I would love to help out with this experiment. But first, 
Want to visit with Jack again and learn more cool science stuff? Um, of course I would. Is he here? Yep, here he comes now. We are here today with science writer Jack Chaloner, and we are talking about his new book from DK Publishing that's chock full of experiments, STEM Lab. Welcome, Jack. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, and hello to the reading bug. So, Jack, we were so excited to have worked with you last year, and we saw some really fun experiments from your other books, the original Maker Lab and Maker Lab Outdoors, which our listeners can still view on YouTube and on thereadingbug.com slash authors. Great. Um, but before we begin talking about your new book, could you go back and tell us a little bit about how you became a science writer, what you studied, and how you decided to get into writing about it? Well, I guess it all began when I was pretty young and I was really curious about how the world works, why the sky is blue, all those kind of questions that kids always ask. And I was one of those kids who was really curious and I guess I just stayed curious. And I think my dad used to answer those questions and then maybe asked me more and that probably helped me stay curious. And I used to try things out at home get really hands-on with things. We had some a bunch of magnets hanging around and I would play with those and, you know, fix up little circuits with um, batteries and little light bulbs and things. And I just stayed curious, I guess. So then when I went to college, when I was a bit older, I studied physics, which is a kind of science, electricity and magnetism and sound and light, all those sorts of things, which have always fascinated me. And then once I'd studied that, I trained to be a teacher of science and math or maths, as we call it in England. And then after I trained as a teacher, I worked in the Science Museum in London. And there again, I was able to, to carry on playing and experimenting and learning and then teaching others about science and hopefully making them stay curious. Mm -hmm. And then I started uh, writing. That was 29 years ago. And so I've written uh, 45 books for people of all ages, children and adults, and on all sorts of different scientific topics and yeah I love it I'm still curious now. Could you explain to our audience what STEM is exactly? Yes it stands for science, technology, engineering and math or as we say in England maths <laughs> <laughs> um, and the science part is I guess that that part where people question how things work and they, they come up with ideas of how they work and then they come up with experiments that test those ideas. And through that process, the scientific method, we find out the answers to those questions like why is the sky blue? You know, how do plants grow? How far away are the stars? This kind of thing. Science can find the answers. There's still a long way to go. <laughs> There's always going to be more that we don't understand. But science is a journey to finding out those kind of things. Uh, technology is any sort of tool or machine or device that helps you do something. So all technologies are invented. So even a chair is a technology, really. Um, your smartphone is a technology, televisions, bicycles, screwdrivers, all these things are technology because they're devices that help you do something. And in inventing technologies, the inventors will use the knowledge from science. So. Technology and science are really closely related. And then engineering is about how those devices and machines are made. So what materials you would choose to make them from, uh, what shape you'd make the different parts of the machine. So an engineer 
designs the technologies to work as well as they can. Um, and there are specialist engineers, uh, there's electrical engineers who will design electric circuits to, the, to work the best way they can. There's acoustic engineers who work out how sound bounces around in rooms. Uh, there's aeronautical engineers who design aeroplanes and the structures of the wings and all this sort of thing. So engineering is about how to make technology work to its best. Mm -hmm. And then math is the study really of numbers, shapes and patterns. And uh, maths com math comes into measurement. So if you're building technologies, if you're an engineer, you really need to understand how to measure, what to measure. But also math really helps um, in science because you're looking for patterns to help understand how things work. So for example, if you're studying sound waves uh, or light waves or radio waves or waves on the ocean, they all are explained or described by the same equations. So wave equations in, in math uh, will explain all kinds of waves. So math is really important in science for finding out stuff. So that all the four, the S, the T, the E and the M are all connected, but they're all different things, but they work together and they are all part of that curious mind that I think is so important. I think it's really important to be curious and the S, the T, the E, and the M are kind of the tools of a curious mind, I guess. So STEM Lab, the book, how is that different from your Maker Lab book um, or the Maker Lab Outdoors book? I guess when we were devising the projects for the STEM Lab book, we had in mind that we wanted to, to emphasize the, the, the differences and the similarities between science, technology, engineering, and math. The, the, the three books are really similar. You know, they have different a variety of different projects that you can try at home. I guess STEM Lab is for maybe slightly older mm -hmm. readers. I think, I, I guess, DK, the publishers are trying to, uh, you know, people who've read the, the first two are now another year older and maybe that's the thing. The next one that's coming out in, in about six months is going to be for slightly older again. So I think there's, there, you know, they're imagining that people will stay with the series and, and, and that's great. So, But certainly inside the book, when we've labelled and explained the, the activities, uh, we've kind of highlighted this is, you know, this is a scientific point that we're making here. This is a point about engineering. We've highlighted why we've chosen particular materials for making the projects, that kind of thing, and said that's an engineering decision. So we've kind of emphasised the, the, the meaning of STEM throughout the book. Mm -hmm. There's a, a great handout um, that you showed our audiences today um, about making a harmonica with popsicle sticks, which looks so neat. Yeah. And the sound is very interesting, <laughs> I must say. I'm sure to annoy parents, but also a really cool project. Yeah. Um, and if you live close by the Reading Bug, you can pick up a copy of that um, in addition to your book. Um, and if you're far away and you're actually a Reading Bug box um, subscription box subscriber, um, they'll be getting those handouts in their boxes oh. coming up soon, oh, which is pretty neat. Um, but other than that experiment, I was wondering if you have any absolute favorite experiments in the STEM lab book that you could uh, maybe explain to us. I've got two favorites, really. One is, uh, I'll save my very favorite till second, but uh, one of my favorites is the wave machine. And um, this is something that takes quite a lot of patience to make, but it's made with duct tape and you have to lay out, you know, a couple of dozen, maybe maybe 20, maybe 30 uh, wooden skewers along the duct tape. 
and put another piece of duct tape on top so that you have the duct tape going along and the the wooden skewers going across it at sort of at 90 degrees there. And then you have little bits of modeling clay on each end of every one of the wooden skewers. And then what you do is you, with a friend, you hold one end and then the other friend holds, the, your friend holds the other end and you kind of twist your end. And then what happens is that twist, that disturbance passes all the way down to the other end and reflects off the other end and comes back again and it it just looks very beautiful it's a very beautiful thing and it really demonstrates how waves work how, how waves can pass a disturbance along so it's a beautiful demonstration of that and it's a lovely thing to make the but my absolute favorite from the book i have to say is the wind-up car and this is something that uh, i invented myself 23 years ago when I was doing a, a show at the Science Museum in London about the science of toys. So I thought, what kind of toys can we make and explain about how toys use energy and this sort of thing. So I looked at wind-up toys and inside every wind-up toy is a long metal coiled up spring called the mainspring. And when you wind up the toy, you're winding up this spring and that stores energy inside the toy. When you let it go, that makes the wheel spin round or makes something on the toy happen. Uh, maybe the helicopter blades spin around, that kind of thing. So I thought, I can't really make a mainspring out of metal. So I'll try to make one out of card. So I may, I designed this toy out of uh, with a card mainspring, and it worked really, really well. So when it came to um, choosing the projects for the, for the STEM Lab book, I said to the team, this would be a really good thing. And they loved it. But then they engineered it. They changed the materials and they changed the look of the thing. They made they made it with smaller wheels and they put rubber bands around the wheels so that it would grip the grip the ground better. And they've they improved my design. But it's my favourite one because it because I invented it and mm -hmm. then they engineered it. And it's a it's a good example of of how engineering works and how invention works. And there's plenty of science in it as well. When we visited the Wright brothers and sister. When they were children, we got to see one of their toys, didn't we, Lauren? It was called a Panod's helicopter, and it flew high into the air, powered by a wound-up rubber band. The Wrights said that a lot of their ideas about plane flight and engineering of the aircraft they flew were inspired by experimenting with creating their own versions of that toy. So when you are creating these experiments, which I heard earlier, you sometimes do at your kitchen table. Yeah. Do you make a big mess? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you clean up after yourself? Because I think that's something that kids would like to know. You know, they're always hearing from their parents, clean up your room. Do you clean up after yourself or do you get yelled at? I do clean up after myself. That's good. <laughs> but I always have, so I have quite a quite a large kitchen. It's a kitchen diner. There's a big table in the middle and I always make a mess when I'm doing this kind of thing. I have a box where I keep things like plastic bottles, straws, always on hand so that if I you know need to develop another idea or I just want to have a play then there the things I need are always on hand I've got you know tape and double-sided tape and all the things I need in a big box in um, in the room just next to the kitchen so it's like your maker box yeah yeah we have a maker box at home too with all <laughs> sorts of ribbons and um, different things in so the kids can just build and invent their own things. yeah it's great and I've got my maker box right here see 
So um, you visit schools all over the place, um, and this weekend you'll be at Maker Fair and uh, Maker Fair in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. Um, when you visit kids and you take questions from the audience, uh, is there a question you get asked all the time? Hmm. Well, I think the thing with kids' minds is that they come up with the most surprising things. Or if I ask a question of the audience. Um, they will come back with something really surprising always because I think kids are really creative and you just can't, you know, and they're unpredictable. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why I love, I love talking to, to groups of kids about science because their minds are bright and ready to explore. And um, yeah, so I can't think of a specific example of something uh, really out there that some kid has said, but always surprising. There are a few questions I wanted to ask you that I think Everybody wants to know. One is, what is your favorite color? <laughs> well, when I was growing up, my favorite color was always blue. But I think now that I'm a bit older, it's brown, and I don't know why. Brown? I love all different shades of brown. I've never heard that before. <laughs> blue know. is a lot more popular. But yeah. So uh, what is your favorite book that you've written? Well, those two or three, maybe. Oh, can I say three? Sure. No, really? Why not? Okay. I mean, you've written 45, I so... I have, yeah. All 45 I like. Yes. <laughs> My favourite, favourite, I think, the one that I'm probably most proud of, is a book uh, called The Diary of Curious Cuthbert. And I really like it because all of the other books I've written are all non-fiction, so they're all just straight explaining things, which is great. I love it. I try to make it interesting. Um, and some of them have lots of projects in, like the STEM lab, so I, I love them. But sometimes I want to just write creative, you know, stories and things like that, or poems. I write a lot of poems for myself, mm -hmm. So, and I love writing in rhyme. So this book, The Diary of Curious Cuthbert, it was written entirely in rhyme. It's a whole book with stories from this fictional character called Cuthbert, and he's an inventor and a scientist. So it's a way of explaining science without just explaining it. It's a, it's a story and it's written in, in rhyme and, and I love it and I'm very proud of it. Can we read a little um, excerpt maybe? <gasps> Could we? Yes. Really? Please. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> Why not? This is from the chapter called The Talking Cat. In April three years ago, so Cuthbert wrote, he was walking along with a song in his throat when out of the corner of one of his eyes he saw what he soon came to realise was a crowd forming over the road. The people who'd gathered just stood in amazement, as if their feet had been glued to the pavement, as if their eyes were held open with sticks, as if they'd been dazzled by magic tricks, as if they'd, been, as, as if they'd seen something explode. So what were these people all gawking at? What had amazed them? A talking cat. In films and cartoons, it's no big surprise, but would you believe your ears and your eyes if you saw a talking cat? The brain of a cat is the size of a pea, not like the brains that are in you and me. Brains that are melon-sized give us the power to speak to each other for hour after hour. It seems we're just lucky like that. It's known that animals communicate, but surely they can't hold a heated debate. They don't use speech just can't be so. They ruffle their feathers, they run to and fro, but surely they cannot chat. Yet here was an animal chewing the fat, discussing the weather and this and that. When Cuthbert arrived to witness the fuss, he was thinking for every one of us. Are you real? he asked the cat. 
as real as you, said the cat with a shriek. Believe what you hear, I'm a cat that can speak. Ask what you like, you'll like what I say. I'll answer your questions as best I may. Just check your brain is plugged in. Curious Cuthbert, now quite bemused, said, How can this be? I'm very confused. He turned to the crowd and said, This is amazing. The crowd just stood there, listening and gazing. The cat looked at him with a grin. So it goes on and on. Anyway. I love it. <laughs> Very different from all of your other work. Yeah, it's nice real. to hear something different. <laughs> but now, so and you have a new book coming out in the fall um, of 2019 called Tech Lab. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about that one as well? Well, indeed. So first there came Maker Lab. Then there was Maker Lab Outdoors. And just out recently was STEM Lab. And the next one in the series is Tech Lab. And it's kind of different because it involves soldering irons. I think in America they call it sold, sold, soldering. Soldering. Yeah, soldering irons. In yeah. England it's soldering. Soldering. It's still spelled so that it's way. It's spelled that way, yeah. Soldering. Soldering irons mm-hmm. uh, and uh, electronic components and uh, circuit boards and LEDs and, and batteries and things. So every project has an electronic circuit mm-hmm. in it. And there's things like build your own radio, build your own metal detector. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're a lot more involved and they're all about electronics. Um, but it was a lot of fun developing those projects. Mm-hmm. I did I did do some electronics when I was growing up. So I, my dad, a friend of my dad, in fact, bought me a, sold, a soldering iron when I was about nine. And I did, I remember burning my so you have to they're be careful. Pretty, they're pretty dangerous. They're really yeah. hot. So you have to be careful. And of course, at the beginning of the book, there's a big section on safety and and uh, where to get hold of all the different electronic components and how to do the soldering safely and properly uh, and how to use the wire strippers and all this sort of thing. So it's a whole new skill set for some people. Um, and it was a lot of fun to put together. And the, there's a lot that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's a troubleshooting section as well in the book. So, you know, if, if your circuit doesn't work first time, don't worry. Check all the connections and, you know, use your multimeter to check that the circuit's set up correctly. Um, and, uh, and yeah, there's a lot of really exciting projects in it. A lot of trial and error in technology. I mean, even when we were trying to get started recording our podcast today, we couldn't get the the uh, the sound working properly. Oh, right. But <laughs> I was beginning to wish I had my soldering iron with me. It was an experiment <laughs> in itself. We should write a whole book about podcast recording. <laughs> uh, one more question. This might be a hard one for you. It might be really easy. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite scientist and why? Wow. So I guess my favorite scientist would have to be Albert Einstein, just because his ideas were so revolutionary and so big, and they covered such a wide range of topics from from everything from the tiniest things, the electrons inside atoms, to the very biggest things, the whole entire universe, and his ideas, the, the way he tackled the problems of the day. So there were all the other scientists were struggling to find explanations for how atoms work and where the universe came from, how stars work. And Einstein kind of just looked at the problem really creatively and used math in an amazing way. Gee, I wish I was that clever with my math skills. Oh, reading bug. I bet if you keep on reading the way you do, you could be a great scientist too. 
especially if you're reading Jack's books. You're right, Lauren. I'm going to try out a few experiments right now from STEM Lab. Can I work on them with you? Of course you can. Experimenting is even better with friends. Oh, great. We had such a great time today with our friend science writer Jack Challoner. Thanks for joining us today. You can purchase STEM Lab from DK Books as well as other great titles by Jack Challoner at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. For a complete list of Jack's books, visit thereadingbug.com slash authors. Goodbye. We'll see you next time for another Reading Bug author visit. A very special thank you to Jack Challoner for visiting with us today. To find and buy all of his great books, visit thereadingbug.com slash authors. Reading Bug author visits are recorded live in our children's bookstore, The Reading Bug, in San Carlos, California. Please continue to support us at thereadingbug.com and support independent booksellers whenever you can. For a personalized selection of books handpicked by me and the rest of the Reading Bug staff and delivered to you each month, you can visit readingbugbox.com. Thanks, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye! friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.